Greetings, programs, and welcome back to your weekly episode of the Awesome Friday Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew, and with me, as is standard operating procedure, is Simon. How are you, Simon? I'm good, thank you. I I was just thinking about an analogy between pirates and parrots, but I don't really want to be your parrot. Like, every good every good pirate needs a parrot. And maybe that's position. Oh, fuck it. Can you restart? I'm just, no. Actually, don't bother restarting. Okay, no. we're not restarting. We're not restarting. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to let as, you flounder. I'm a great host, as, so I'm going to let you flounder. Uh, so. As co-host of the Awesome Friday podcast, I sometimes wish I were able to make small talk. I can talk about movies and games for as long as you want. Uh, I, When going out with Matt in a social situation where he knows nobody, uh, I'm a, uh, an introvert and I have trouble making small talk. And so I hate situations where you walk into a room and you don't know anyone. Matt, on the other hand, just walks in and he's just fucking, oh, hi guys, how's it going? Let's just think, I've got a million things to talk about and they're all interesting. And everyone's like, oh, you're really interesting. And then I'm, I'm in the corner. If there's a, if there's a corner, I'm in it with a dog or, or like where the food is. And I'm there like, yeah, would you like to talk about Star Wars? I, I, um, I first I, off, as, first off, not uh, no one thinks everything I has to say is interesting. Not even me. Yeah, uh, but and but you're tall and you I, have that voice, so you kind I of sound also, interesting. And also, like I'm an introvert. Also, I just also have you're, 20, cop, 20, 20 years on. of sales experience. <laughs> I, like I am an introvert. I'm the type of introvert who is like perfectly happy to go into a social situation, and then as soon as I get home, I will curl up into a ball and tell my wife to leave me alone for two hours. <laughs> So you're actually an ambivert, my friend. You are a classic ambivert. Uh, you can do you can do both things. It that's is. I had to look it up. I had to look it up recently. The the man who teaches the language for a living has to look up a new word. I didn't I didn't know this word until recently. It's ambivert means you exhibit uh, both sides. You are able to do social stuff without problem, um, but you also need to recharge like an introvert. And I'm just, I'm so heavy on the recharge. I hate the, uh, and, and considering my whole job for 15 years has been walking into rooms of strangers and trying to engage with them. Um, it's been pretty difficult, but, um, yes. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting Um, word. Actually, it reminds me of, uh, one of my favorite weird, my, one of my weird favorite words is by dialectic, uh, which means that, um, (laughs) Which is used to describe someone such as uh, John Barrowman, famous for uh, mm-hmm. as Captain Jack Harkness for Doctor Who, and Gillian Anderson, famous for all of the things. Uh, both mm-hmm. of those people have natural American and British accents, which I think is super interesting because they like are your, the like, yeah. like like John Barrowman, the guy has, from Battlestar as well. What was his name? Uh, Jamie Bamber. Yeah, he yeah. Uh, he has he has an American mother and a british father and he just whatever wherever he is that's what the accent that he has mm-hmm. um and they're both he's not putting one on he has them both and i think that's super interesting it's very useful for an actor as i keep trying to tell my kids who i'm trying to force into acting my daughter's english accent is like a clipped sense and sensibility accent and it's beautiful like she'll work no problem anywhere with that accent my son sounds like dick van dyke but uh, like worse than Dick Van Dyke. My son makes Dick Van Dyke sound like a naturalized English speaker. I've never like, heard a worse English accent from anyone than my son. The best, the best description of Dick Van Dyke's British accent is that it's 
a great Cockney accent, he went to Australia to learn. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you can then imagine how bad my son's is if it makes him look good. Like it's truly. It's actually just, it's just funny because I distinctly remember when your son was young and learning to speak and wasn't like around other people. He definitely had yeah. British inflection. Absolutely, that's the problem, man. Yeah, it's all gone from school, the, I imagine. But. That's the problem. Like, we're the only weirdos in his life. And it's weird to remember that because when your kids grow up, you think they're going to sound like you. And then to have two kids that sound like you, <laughs> I'm pointing <laughs> at the screen. And, and, and then you remember that uh, we're the only two people out of the hundreds of people they interact with that really sound like this. And they know other English people, but they are so Canadian in everything in the way they describe things and all their little inflections and they won't say water. They refuse to say water or uh, Harry Potter. Uh, they think it's hilarious when we dare to pronounce things in the mother tongue. But I, mean, um, I hate to break it to you, but your children <laughs> are Canadian. <laughs> I mean, I know it's a shock I mean, given that they I were know. born here and have lived there until <laughs> and school um, yeah I, I that was our mistake for sure yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and as a result they're both super outdoorsy especially my son and i'm english and i'm not outdoorsy at all my son's like randomly hey dad do you want to go and play like extreme frisbee <laughs> like, i don't want to do i'm 46 i don't want to do anything that's prefaced by the word extreme anymore <laughs> like hey, hey dad can, can you take me fishing i'm like let me just call matt <laughs> like uh, as i've told you before uh, i need you to take my son fishing because i don't know how to fish i went lobstering oh, yeah. once like all the things he wants to do he loves camping he loves like climbing up mountains and throwing himself off them and like sledding and skiing and, and i'm just like look i'm just if you were an english kid now you'd be like 12 stone and gulping coke out of a bottle let's just go let's have a bit more of that shall we <laughs> But no, he is super, super slender and healthy and he loves it, which is a gift. Canadian children grow up knowing, uh, treating exercise like a treat, whereas for me, it was treated as a punishment. And it's a massive, massive difference when you become an adult. But hey. Yeah. I mean, this is all very much like the movies, but uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, though, isn't it? Because this is why I know so much about movies, because I am so lazy. That's I like true. to sit and sit and watch them. That's true. So do I. Sitting and watching movies is great. Although, interestingly, I'm having a really hard time making it back to cinemas these days, which is why so many of our episodes are to do with streaming releases and uh, yeah. video on demand releases. Because the thought of sitting in a room full of people at this point is just pretty exhausting. I, so compounded i absolutely agree with you and the x problem i have is that i either pay for four people to go and all the food um or we two people for go and then you pay for a babysitter as well and the cinema going to the cinema has become so prohibitively expensive it is now we used to go a lot lot more but it just seems everything's so much more expensive now and Vancouver is a city as expensive anyway. And what with it, the, the economy being the dumpster fire it is at the moment, we just can't afford it. And you're right, because things, <coughs> excuse me, things are coming out and streaming so fast now that you think, well, what's the point? I'll just wait a month and then it'll be on my TV and I can make popcorn and sit with my family for $30 instead of spending 120 
and and going out with a room full of people. Yeah, people who are going to talk and you know at least um at least at home like if if you know if we're going to interrupt the movie we can pause it. <laughs> right. Which I personally I personally hate pausing the movie. I like I like the first time through I like to like experience it from front to back as much as possible but mm-hmm. you know it's less of a burden when like if the person you're going to the movies with needs to go to the bathroom when they come back and they're lost you just pause it you just yeah. pause it you know and like there's no asshole through was ahead of you to two to two seats to the right you know videotaping the fucking movie <laughs> um yeah which like honestly like first off don't steal movies like you know it's it's not it's not good it's not a good thing like it's theft is you're stealing you're just stealing and that's a whole it's a whole conversation around it but also put your fucking phone away in the theater like that's my actual concern i I don't want you to steal the movie because i don't want prices for movies to go up but also i just want to be able to watch the movie undistracted (laughs) so if you want to record yeah, they, the movie, I, get the 10 a.m. show that no one else is at, man. Like, at least do that. Thing. It's not even just recording a movie. Like, the idea that you don't text during a film is utterly alien now. And it, it happens every single movie I go to now, and it makes me so furious that I can't even... It's not just distracting. I can't concentrate on the film because someone is texting on their phone, and you can see the light a mile off, obviously. But the one of the last movies I went to before the pandemic, there was a group of maybe five late teens in front of me who were texting during the film and I told them not to. And because I've been, the, the problem is I, I was a teacher for 16 to 18 year olds for a long time. So the inner teacher in me, the Tyler Durden comes out and I, I lose uh, track that I can't just te- talk to everyone like they're a student. And so I, the, uh, we, they weren't happy that I was repeatedly telling them to put their phones away because in their mind, it's completely normal to text during a movie now. If you watch a yep. movie at home, people I know <laughs> watch movies while texting, and I'm like, I don't, I don't like that's. You're either watching the movie or you're on your device. Like that, you you've got to engage with what's in front of you, um, and that um, that's come up a few times in my house as well. Yeah, it's a thing. It's definitely a thing. And like scrolling TikTok or Instagram reels or whatever to you, oftentimes you'll see like people like live reaction to the movie and it's like fucking put your phone mm. down and watch the movie, you know? Like it's yeah. <laughs> anyway. How old do we sound right now? <laughs> I don't know, but my knee is all swollen up, so there's definitely a storm <laughs> coming. You know, it's uh anyway, speaking of digital devices, that's as good a segue as any into our first film of the show that's a beautiful beautiful segue actually is it it's i mean it's fine it's totally it's adequate oh, it, it's no no it's good for the movie we're about to talk about it's perfect that's true we are going to talk about the 2023 release uh missing which uh came out in january i believe and it has just been released on demand so we both finally got a chance to catch up with it um this is, actually, Simon, why don't you give us the rundown on sure. Missing? Because you watched it slightly more recently than I did. Yes, I did, yeah. Uh, so, Missing is around someone who goes missing, surprisingly. Um, the, uh, Grace Allen is a woman who is separated, well, not separated, sorry, who um, has, 
who is single now because her husband died of cancer when her daughter June was very young and cuts 10 years later. June's like uh, 18 now, played by Storm Reed, who is wonderful. And she's got a, a, a difficult relationship with her mum and her mum's new boyfriend, Kevin. And uh, Father's Day is coming up and it's very difficult for her. But And her mum decide, uh, reveals that she's going away to uh, Columbia for with Kevin for um, a holiday. And she's left her at home and her friend Heather is going to look in on her. So it starts with that conflict that June's not very happy um, with with any of this really she's she doesn't have an open loving relationship with her mum she has a difficult relationship with the, the person who is now in place of her dad and she really 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 misses her dad and looks at this old footage of him and um, she she is also planning to throw this huge party while they're away so she's trying to surreptitiously organize all this as well and uh, the last, one of the last thing the mum says to her is, don't forget to pick us up at 11 on Monday. And of course, she sleeps in and she gets there at 11 and she's waiting and she's waiting and they don't get off the plane from Columbia. And this begins basically this whole detective story um, of June trying to find out where her mum and mum's boyfriend, where where they are. Like, why did they not get off the plane? Um, why, when she contacts the hotel are the suitcases still there? And I'm not going to go any further into it because it is a, it's kind of a, it's one of those really quite satisfying detective stories where the pieces sort of yeah. gradually unfold. It's very satisfying to watch. The interesting thing about this whole movie, and I haven't seen Searching, which is, um, I believe, the same directors, but it's all, it's all shot from the view of cameras on our devices. So a lot of the film is us basically from June's viewpoint, really looking at her screen. She does everything on her Mac. She calls people, she uses FaceTime, she obviously uses the internet. And the whole movie is uh, us watching these screens, either on her Mac or on security cameras or through her phone. And it's mm-hmm. it's both a very clever device that I, I'm not totally convinced it works for the whole film, it's the first film I've seen that shot in this style because I haven't seen Searching. I know you have. So at the yeah. beginning, it was a bit. It was a bit of an adjustment. I'm not sure if I loved it, but I thought it was super interesting as yeah. a technique. That's a. I think it. Uh, that's a fair response. It's definitely a different way to tell a story. It's not the first time it's been done, or even the second time, because I know there's been other films like that. But um, it's technically. Um, it is different directors, but the same team is involved. Like the same people are involved, but different people directed it. Uh, Will Merrick and Nick Johnson, as opposed to Sev Ahanian and Anish Chaganti, who did the first one, who did Searching. Um, but yeah, it's a really interesting device. Uh, and it's it can be a bit hard to follow. I would say that um, searching probably has a better introduction to it like the beginning of searching legitimately made me cry um because searching is sort of the opposite searching is john cho searching for his lost daughter missing is the daughter searching for her lost mother so there's a an inversion there um and it's and much of the setup is the same um but you're right this is uh, it's a very they're both actually very satisfying mysteries and I don't know 
you hadn't seen Searching, so if you, if you didn't mm-hmm. notice it at the very beginning of the of Missing, she's watching a true crime series, and there's um, it's the case of I can't remember the name they use, but there's like an Asian man with a blanket with police all around him, and that's a dramatization of of Searching that she's watching. So it's the same universe. Uh, which is interesting. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with the performers involved, as with Searching, in which John Cho is just wonderful. Storm Reed uh, basically carries the whole movie on her back, and it, she's incredible in it. Really, really, really good at engaging with the material and the, the, um, the way the film is shot, the central sort of conceit about how it's shot. And also... I don't know if they like, I'm sure they didn't actually do FaceTime, but every time she has to interact with someone via a camera, which is everyone she interacts with, save one person. um, She's just so convincing. And so is everyone on the other end. Like um, Nia Long is great in this movie. uh, But in particular, uh, I would single out Joaquim de Almeida, who is that another character actor who you've seen in tons of stuff. Uh, the things that spring to mind for me are always clear and present danger from the nineties and fast oh. five in which he is the villain. <laughs> um, or more recently he was in um, the Hitman's bodyguard. Uh, and he's always good. Like he's one of those guys who like Ken Leung, who's also in this movie, who, when, when he shows up, you're like, Oh, Hey, it's that guy. I love that guy. Um, but he's so wonderful as Javier, as Javi, this guy who, in Colombia that um, Storm Reed like basically task rabbits to like do errands and investigate for her and their whole like relationship her searching for her mother and it turns out that he has like a fraught relationship with his son and they sort of bond over that through the course of the film Um, and they're like back and forth even though they like never technically share a space their back and forth is kind of amazing like they're both so they just work together, right? They have such good chemistry despite yeah. again, not sharing any space. I don't know. I really enjoyed this movie. I think, probably speaking, I think I enjoyed Searching just a little bit more just because mm-hmm. of it being, you know, the newness of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think they're both super well executed. I think Missing is a, a, a great film to just, just like throw on. on a, you're like, oh, I want to watch a good mystery story. You should probably throw on Missing. It's a It's a good movie. Yeah, it feels kind of old fashioned, really. Like uh, it, in the way that the the central protagonist, <laughs> if I could say it, slowly finds the links from one thing to the next, and you can see her uh, kind of her face making the connection. And it's written quite nicely in that the, for me anyway, the audience is kind of given the clue a second before she is. So you kind of think oh you could do this and then she works it out and it's a very satisfying thing when she spots something that you've just spotted a second before mm-hmm. and i think that's by design and you're you're right though um the character of javier on the other end of this phone completely made this movie uh for me because he's just so it's such a kind and gentle performance and mm-hmm. um support like supportive performance. He's really fantastic in this and uh, Storm Reed as well. Uh, I think it's particularly hard to act well on with this kind of camera setup because like proper film cameras. 
costs a lot of money and there's a lot of lighting and camera work involved to make someone look and sound natural. And um, when you've got passive cameras like this that that are designed to look and play like higher frame rate, like phone cameras... It's it's actually a lot harder to be convincing, and I was so impressed. I I love her as an actor anyway. In the Last of Us recently, she was incredible, and um, I thought she was really uh, amazing in this as well. And I, she's only nineteen, and for such a young performer to give herself so much space for authentic actions and reactions to things, and uh, make it sound believable for a 19 year old to say and do. And that's something that actually impressed me about the the movie uh, in general is that I think you're opening a massive can of worms when you try and write something that is about how 19 year olds communicate in 2023. If I tried to write that movie, you'd know because it would be the way I communicate my text is completely (laughs) different to how 19 year olds communicate by text or, or just the I mean, um you can definitely tell when someone who's you know when it's like a 45 year old writing how they think 19 year olds speak for sure yes precisely absolutely and so this was written really authentically it sounded it just felt really natural i really liked um megan suri who played her friend vina as well their interaction felt really uh, authentic and supportive and lovely um yeah. My my only so, I thought for the most part it worked pretty well. the The thing, the part I don't think was that effective was its final act, where the um, the 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 place the thing happens that you kind of work out is going to happen, and um, there is a dramatic build up of tension, or at least there that is the intention. But it's done over security cameras and i don't think it ever is effective in building the kind of tension that it really um that really needed at that point um but really i'm i'm nitpicking and do you know what i thought about a lot watching this movie is the blair witch project i know it's a different style of presentation but when blair witch came out found footage is this is a this is a version of it's a modern and it's a it's a uh it's a, a, a really big, wide swing. I know I haven't seen Searching, but it's a big swing to tell a story in this way, in a similar way that Blair Witch did. And you've got to, you've got to um, commend it for being as successful as it is, because it does manage to tell a whole story really well. Honestly, after the first ten minutes, I thought I, I'd have to turn it off because it felt like I was trying to watch something whilst looking on my phone at the same time. Do you know what I mean? I, I found it really difficult to engage because for the, the the pre-missing section is a teenager interacting with technology so it it's cuts between apps and it's it's actually not hard to follow what's going on but it's hard to focus on one thing and i was really worried that it would feel like looking at my phone whilst trying to watch a thriller but it actually it does slow all that down as it should done so it was very cleverly made and i think your mileage will vary as to how effective that is for you but um, I'm definitely going to go back and watch Searching after this because it is intriguing. And yeah, I think for me, I don't think that the... I know what you're talking about with the tension buildup. I think that the... It's interesting because I think it's like a, a switch in style from this sort of screen set film to a more found footage style for that last 
that last act in particular. And I think the, the switch itself is actually kind of jarring, um, a little bit jarring. Um, but I think for me, and I don't, I don't usually complain complain about this, but there's definitely going to be bits that like, there's a thing that I noticed really early on when, where she's working out what's trying to work out what's going on, where I'm like, how long is it going to take you to notice this? Like how long <laughs> is it going to take you to notice this to me, very obvious thing. And there's a few things like that. And I don't think that's a yeah, problem with a mystery better. story, but there's kind of like one, one too many. There's kind of one too many mm-hmm. of those. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. To keep it, to keep it from being like truly great. Um, mm-hmm. But again, like this kind of film is anchored by performance and Storm Reed is legitimately great. Um, she's so she's, she's so, very authentic, so good. Very authentic. Very, um, uh, what's the right word here? Authentic is the best word, but there's another word I'm trying to think of that I can't remember. Um, empathetic, maybe? Like very, very natural, very, very understandable in her reactions. And it's just a sign mm. of a great performer reading a, a good script. Mm basically yeah Yeah. she's magnetic you can't take your eyes off her when she's performing and she doesn't overplay anything and she just feels um very authentic but uh even the way she conveys her emotions as well Mm -hmm. i I mean i've been saying i've been watching the last of us thinking the same thing about bella reed as well and when i i saw them together in the same episode it's just like this is this is too careers that we are seeing at the real beginning seeing all this potential in front of them it's really exciting for me to see where they're going to go yeah 100 they're both legitimately great and the episode they share in the last of us in particular is one of the one of the mm-hmm. highlights of the series um i think anyway mm-hmm. um so at the end of the day then what are you going to give missing out of out of five how many stars will you assign to missing <laughs> well it's a really solid three-star movie for me like i i do enjoy a nice straightforward detective movie where the clues unfold to further clues to uh, and the, and basically everyone scooby-doo's their way to a conclusion i think it's quite a nice old-fashioned format now so it's a yeah. three-star movie for me yeah and i agree it's a three-star for me as well i think um i really 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 liked searching um i think searching is a little more solid throughout. Um, and I think, uh, I th- just to be clear, I think that Storm Reed is an incredible young actress, but I think John Cho just has a, a few years of experience on her. And uh, I, 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 I loved him in Searching mm-hmm. a lot. Um, plus Searching has a, like this one has a, a pretty emotional intro that sort of highlights, um, you know, why storm reads character sort of is feeling the way she's feeling with the loss of her father but the the intro to searching i think was far like like is very emotionally upsetting <laughs> and really like hammers home uh like the dad character john cho's character in that movie is a little bit overprotective and the intro does a much better job of setting up why he is the way he is than i think this movie does mm. Um, so the context I think is a little bit better, but again, this is a totally solid movie. This is, it's fun. It's totally fun. It's a great mystery with a couple of great performances. And this is me just nitpicking the shit out of it. Cause I need something to say about it. Um, you should definitely watch this movie. Yeah, that's what I got. Cool. 
All right, yeah. I will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so right. what's our next movie? So <laughs> we're going to move yeah, on. Okay. I'm going to leave the summary to you for this one. Please summarize the plot of our next movie. <laughs> All right. So the next movie we're going to talk about is the 2023 Hindi language action thriller film Pathan. Or I think Pathan? Pathan? I'm no. I'm going to butcher. Yeah, you can go with Pathan. That's fine. Most of the language in this. I am sorry ahead of time. But this is directed by Siddharth Anand and starring Shah Rukh Khan, uh, or SRK for short, uh, and Deepika Padukone, John Abram, um, Dimple Kapadia, and uh, uh, Ashtosh Rana. And it is the apparently. Uh, I wasn't aware of this going in, but the fourth film in a franchise of spy films, and it is just ridiculously great from front to back. Um, basically, the the plot is that uh, a few years ago, the Indian government revokes Article 370, which is special blah, blah, blah to do with Kashmir and Jammu. I'm sorry for that is the worst summary just <laughs> ever. Um, and one of the Pakistani generals who is unhappy with this, and to be fair, maybe that's rightly so, um, contacts the head of a secret terrorist organization called Outfit X, who's headed by Jim. Jim. Yeah. And at the same time, uh, and he tells him, like, I want chaos, like, make chaos for me. So Jim comes up with a big master plan. And on the other side, the good guy, who is played by Shah Rukh Khan, is called Pathan, and he works for Raw, um, which is the good guy's spy agency, uh, research and analysis wing, apparently. Uh, and he sets to chasing Jim and tracking down Jim's plan and foiling it to save the day. And um, I don't even know how to summarize the rest of the plot of this movie because it involves a theft in Russia. It involves personal history between many of the characters. Uh, there are um, flashbacks within flashbacks. Uh, the, um, the big like thing that Jim is going to do is unleash a bioweapon. Um, and I think actually the easiest way to summarize this is that if you can remember the plot of Mission Impossible 2, then <laughs> basically that's what's happening here. Uh, it's, it really it's, is. It's, it's like this, this is a movie made by the people who really, really, really liked Mission Impossible 2, basically. Oh, um, they love a that, bunch of movies. And that is not... <laughs> Not a complaint on my part, but yeah, the the basic plot is that they're trying to find this find and stop this bio weapon, which they stole, uh, which they helped to steal, and then have to help steal back, and then like there's some double crosses, and like I just don't want to tell you too much about the plot because it just keeps doubling down. Like every time you're like, oh okay, let's yeah, see where they're going now. I see how they're going to wrap this. What? <laughs> because they just <laughs> add another layer of ridiculousness onto it, and it is probably the most the most fun hour and f or 146 minutes that I have had watching a movie this year so far I don't know how do you oh, feel uh, with, with, no, without, without a doubt so um, let me take you back to February the uh, 18th <laughs> 2023 <laughs> 
and I've taken a day off from my birthday to on the 21st to sit at home and play video games all day. And um, my wife revealed to me that, hey, guess what? I've also taken the day off so we can do something together. I'm like, that's awesome because we very rarely have time together. She's like, what do you want to do? Anything you want to do. And I was like, well, I want Mexican food. So we we had Mexican food. And then I said, I want to see a movie as well. And I took the movies that were out. And I'd seen the Pathan trailer um, and shared it and just loved how over the top it was. But I had no idea it was out that week because I was going to go and see Ant-Man Quantumania. And I was like, I know we both want to see Ant-Man Quantumania, but the last couple of Marvel movies have been, they haven't really hit for me. And this just looks like Just Cause 3 as a movie. It looks like it's going to be a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's a bad movie, it's going to be a good time. And so I was back and forth. Maybe I was going to see Ant-Man. Maybe we shouldn't squander this opportunity, blah, blah, blah. Then in the end, I said, fuck it. We're going to go to my favorite Mexican restaurant, which is La Casita in Gastown. And then just by... The uh, sheer serendipity, the cinema showing Pathan was International Village, which is like a two minute walk away. So it's like, fuck it, we're going to go get Mexican food and then we're going to go and watch an over the top Indian movie because I loved RRR and I want to watch more over the top movies like that. And so I was tanked up with uh, Mexican food and tequila, 11 30 a.m. tequila, which is the best tequila. And then um, I went with my loved. Uh, to go and watch this movie in an empty cinema. There was one guy at the back who wasn't there at the end. (laughs) So it was basically (laughs) me and my wife in an empty cinema. And it was the most fun. Even the pre-credit sequence was the most fun I've had in a movie in years and years and years. We just laughed for the whole damn thing. And what I love about this movie is that well, I get a feeling about a lot of Bollywood and Tollywood and a lot of Indian movies is that they are they don't just love movies. They really want to reference movies and and kind of uh, have elements in their movies that show how much they love other movies. And there's so many moments in this film that are callbacks to different movies and uh, uh, references to different movies and uh, not just within their own like canon that they've got going on here but it's it's a real cauldron of not just movie sequences but genres as well it flips from action movie to high spy infiltration movie to a romantic comedy 20 minutes <laughs> like um and it, and then it comes back into the kind of final act that makes you if you thought triple x was like kind of too rooted in in uh, the laws of physics then you're going to love this movie because it makes these over the top vin, du- vin diesel movies look kind of pedestrian like it doesn't take say, its foot it doesn't this, take its foot off the accelerator at all this definitely um this definitely oh, operates on the same wavelength as like triple x3 um and again mission impossible yeah. 2 um it's definitely and like the later Fast and Furious movies, in that they are like utterly ridiculous and completely sincere about it. Which uh, the same thing we said about RRR, basically. And mm-hmm. honestly, um, I watched uh, Bahubali parts one and two recently, and also Brahmastra part one, Shiva, 
And the same thing. Like, I don't think all those movies are of the same quality, but they have that that same general sincerity that I think is what really sells them for me. Mm. Um, and just also, like, they're clearly concerned with having a great time. Uh, and it feels like Shah Rukh Khan is having just the best time feeling the, being the most extreme version of a cool spy you can imagine. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know. Take it's, it's kind of like it's it's something that I think even Tom Cruise couldn't really sell in Mission Impossible Two. He's just so like wonderfully charismatic, um, and also just aloof enough and just quick witted enough. It's like all of the <laughs> it's like all of the best parts of all of the best spies and none of the drawbacks. Right? It's 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 but like dialed to eleven. So just be aware. That's yeah. the thing. Dialed to eleven. It's the thing to to remember about it. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like just the Just Cause series of games. You're right in that it's very much like a 14 year old's idea of spy movies, and absolutely. I'm, and I'm and sort of I'm that's... so on board with that, like so on board. And and at this point, I'm wondering why why we don't have Shah Rukh Khan in movies like John Wick, you know, uh, or I felt the exact. Like I felt the exact same after um, watching RRR. Like, get Ram Sharan in, like, Triple X. That's where he belo- belongs in that kind of movie. And Deepika... D- D- oh, I'm sorry. Deepika Padukone? Yeah. Help me. She was in Triple X 3 and is wonderful in Triple X 3. There is so much potential for taking these massive, massive, massive Indian movie stars and slotting them into American action movies. Yeah. And and if you want any idea about how massive these stars are, there's one section in this movie that is my favorite section that is a fight on a train that has a superstar cameo and you have no, like for me, I had no idea who this person was. But the way it's shot and the way it's delivered just tells you, there's so much cinema language here that tells you this is a big deal. And when yeah. I researched him afterwards, it turns out he's he's absolutely huge. And then you can find um, cinema reactions of crowds going crazy because they didn't make it public that this guy turns up. And apparently it's basically like Keanu Reeves dropping into a Tom Cruise movie, like unannounced. Yeah, when you're right when um when Salman Khan like lands in the in the train and they proceed to have yeah. like a big and the, the fight leading up to that point is already a pretty amazing single yeah. single take fight scene with with yeah. Shah Rukh Khan and the whole thing about it, and then just the way they talk is amazing when they when they confront one another yeah. Salman Khan like lands in this train and he's holding a drink like a drink from a fa- like a fountain drink and after he like beats up the guys uh, SRK is like, oh, you went to the corner store, and someone comes like, pharmacy, baby. I got you some painkillers. And then SRK is like, real men don't need painkillers. And someone kind of like brushes his knee, and he's like, ah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's super. They have a they have a wonderful post credit sequence where they're just comparing how much they hurt because they're old, but yeah. no one else can do it because yeah. no one's as good as them. Uh, it's just. It's so much, it's so much fun. Even though you you don't know the context for the fun, it's so much fun, and that's a real. So there's so much energy in the filmmaking and the way it's shot, and there's so much language here that is recognizable, even if you don't know who these people are. Yeah. And 
the um i i love the the, the fight choreography is great as well but it just it keeps stacking like at, at one point when there's a three-way chase between two bikes and someone on um like rollerblade no uh, ice skates speed, speed skates yeah. speed skating it's like of course of course there's that and then in the final third when someone's getting away and the other person decides to follow him in something he's never actually used ever before it's yeah. just it's just so ridiculous but of course your mileage may vary if you want a very deep and serious spy movie this is not it if you truly believe like i do that going to the movies should be escapism and fun i don't think you're going to find a better movie this year really certainly like, not so unless far. Not so far, and uh, I, I don't know. They've got another one coming out in November, so maybe that movie. But Western movies, even with their over-the-top action films, love to have their serious moments. And this film was like, we're just going to have fun. And you got to pay attention, because at one point they go three flashbacks deep. Like, they love their flashbacks. The first half of this movie is one extended flashback. And with when it flashbacks. ends, you're like... With flashbacks in it, and when it ends, you're like, "Oh yeah, Jesus! I I remember now that we're actually <laughs> at this point. I'd completely forgotten." And so, yeah, Inception's got nothing on this film when it comes to <laughs> dreams within dreams. But like, it's just it's just just so to much. hammer home too. Like this is the kind of movie where when the good guy and the bad guy, <clears throat> and the bad guy is just wonderfully, like wonderfully charming as well. Um, Jim. Jim played by um uh, his name's gone out of my head uh, john abraham john abraham yeah he uh him and srk have their big showdown at the end and they have a fist fight so intense they basically knock a building over and like <laughs> that's what we're talking about right yeah this movie is this movie is ridiculous in all the ways that i love about movies like the fast and furious and triple x3 and all of that kind of stuff and it's a really well executed version of that and, and don't forget uh, that there's full musical numbers as well. Just if you imagine Triple X, but with a full, like, choreographed musical number with Vin Diesel getting down with everyone. Then which honestly, having seen that well. there's two two big musical numbers in this, one that's in the movie and one that's like the credit sequence. And mm. as with RRR, um, it makes me question why every movie doesn't have a musical number during the right? credit sequence. Right, exactly. Um, uh, on that on that note, Dora and the Lost City of Gold has a musical number to close out the movie, written by Brett McKenzie of the Muppets fame, and it is absolutely amazing. And other every film should have this. Uh, I think you're missing out Oscar winner Brett McKenzie from. Black <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, so yeah, I mean, this movie is definitely over the top, and my wife has historically like whenever i'm like we should watch a like an indian film she's like i don't want to watch a musical she has no interest in musicals at all and usually there's uh, and i would just say that like if that's your sort of if you have an idea of what indian film is like as i did even a year ago um don't mm. let that stop you and like this this is this is on prime now and you can watch it and it's great and uh yes. and let me just say too like again Shah, srk Shah Khan, like it's just he's so he's so magnetic <laughs> even when he's being ridiculous and mm-hmm. i also and jim abrams has uh, sorry john abraham has my i think my favorite line delivery in the whole movie towards the end when he finally like lays out his plan to like <laughs> the, the good guy like general and he's like if you don't do this i will destroy blah 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 blah, blah. 
so how's that guys yeah like <laughs> it's just it's, just a it's an amazing like psychopathic but ridiculous tone tone switch and i love it yeah is it as, is it as good as bottoms up <laughs> <laughs> i mean honestly that wasn't even i couldn't even go back and say it now and remember it now but there are so many good deliver line deliveries yeah. from srk in this yeah. movie that uh yeah like yeah. i i particularly like that the whole movie there's one i don't want to spoil it exactly but the whole movie everyone's bothering him about his long hair and there's like a final joke in the movie about it that I just thought was so perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what then? How many stars? How many stars for Patan for you, good sir? This is a wonderful four-star movie from me. How about you? Yeah, it's a four-star for me as well. It's definitely one of the most fun movies I've seen this year, and it's a solid four stars. Yes. Um, and I look forward to Tiger 3 in which star uh, will be coming out later this year, November, I think, uh, which mm-hmm. is the third movie in the Tiger series, but the fifth movie in this like shared universe of spy movies. And apparently SRK will be in it, at least in a cameo as Patan. So okay. I'm, I'm looking there. forward to that. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. uh, I think the rest of the series are also on some combination of Prime and Netflix. So they are around for you to watch, and I fully intend to do that. Yeah. Fantastic. Good. Well, should we wrap it up there? Yes, we definitely should. Um, So thank you everyone for listening to us ramble on about the movies. We love each and every one of you. And if you are new here, welcome. And if you're not new here, thanks for sticking around. We like you. If you are a patron, if you subscribe on Patreon, uh, we do have bonus content every week now. Um, This week we're going to be talking about uh, the super uplifting topic of Jonathan Major's uh, recent arrest and allegations, uh, which is just terrible. We're just going to go on the record and say it's terrible. And the whole situation is terrible, but he's a garbage human, so he should stay arrested. But anyway, um, but now we have bonus bonus content for patrons. Um, but if you like what you've heard, you could also support us by subscribing, uh, liking this particular episode, or giving us a five-star review on your podcasting platform of choice. Those things actually help immeasurably uh you can find us on the social medias you can find me at smatthew af and you can find simon at temporary pen on the twitters and uh the instagrams for you as well is that right it's not right is it uh i mean sure you're not, not really on oh, no, no my instagram's private no no just twitter for me yeah just twitter right um and you can find the show on the socials um at awesome friday ca um we record this here in vancouver on the ancestral lands of the musqueam Tsleil-Waututh, and squamish nations and one last time thank you so much for listening and for joining us on this awesome time. bye